0: Kafalif Tevet, Tafsinain Chet, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York, I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. (laughs)
1: I chose my самый iban, of choice, and if everything is numb in fear the som can be чувствed here a derogatory there that 것 בתחילה קים א קים א כושי יולחete יולחete ורבה כההו לזמן של ישראל בתחילה קים א קים א כושי יולחete יולחete ורבה חיפастי אמונה חיפастי מנוחה נציתי זו גאולה, ine הנה, זה בא וכשהלב כמעט נשבר שרוע על אדמת נחר הילד השחר מפציעה קול דודית אופק הגיע כבר הזמן הנה, הנה, זה בא כך גאולתן שנסעל התחילה כמעט, כמעט כשהיא הולכת, היא הולכת ורבה I'm <laughs> going <laughs> So
0: Udi Davidi, Ruu Veori Shizarech, talking about the sun coming up over the horizon, the sun of the Geula. Kim Akim Akka, Hashachar, beautiful song by Udi Davidi opens things up here on this week's live edition of The Israel Show. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here each and every Monday, immediately following J.M. in the AM, 9 a.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Israel time, around the world, wherever you are, whatever time it is now, that's the time we're on. And, uh, of course, you can listen to us on demand. Now, if you're listening now, you might have to break and go into uh, a meeting or work, and you can't hear the rest of the show. You're going to miss out on a lot of stuff, so you can go on demand. You can listen to it whenever you want, whether it's via the Nachum Siegel Network app, which you should have by now, come on, or online, nachumsegal.com. Click on archives and uh, click on the Israel show and then you'll see all the Israel shows and you can listen to whatever you want. And I'll tell you this, today's one of those days that you truly want to keep tuned. We have a discussion about the United Nations... Relief and Works Agency. Now, it sounds very benign, very, oh, yeah, they they give relief to people that need relief. But hiding behind that name is an insidious organization, I would almost say evil, whose job, I believe, is to destroy the state of Israel. We're going to discuss it. We're going to give you all the details about this. It is outrageous. And you know what? You know who is now saying we should cut funding? President Trump. Nobody has spoken about this. This cancer that lives in, in, in the UN has never been discussed, or I should say not often been discussed, surely not in any headlines. And it is shocking that it continues to exist and is being funded by... By our tax dollars, for sure, those of us who live in the United States and who pay taxes. We'll tell you about that. We have a lot of other stories. Whatever we'll get to, we'll get to. The rain, we've spoken about that over the last two weeks. We'll tell you quickly an interesting um, remark that was made by um, one of Israel's uh, journalists pretty shocking there. Lots of shocking stuff. So stay tuned if you want to be shocked. <laughs> and if you want to enjoy great Israeli music, do that as well. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Ochel Tatsi by Anshei HaAron, a Pugi classic. My name is Mayor Weingarten. We said that already. Here we go. <laughs>
2: It
1: doesn't work,
0: A poogie classic covered by the cover band on Sheha Ochel Ogel someone who bites their nails and in, in typical uh, Donnie Sanderson fashion, together with Menachem Zilberman. Um, this song is just hysterical. It talks about someone who, uh, bites nails, bites nails, bites nails. So, chelt pornayim, is a nail. And the song ends, of course, with, it wouldn't be so bad if you biting nails, but, you know, if you would stop biting mine. It works in Hebrew. It doesn't work that well in English. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in to, uh, Today's live edition of the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. We're brought to you each and every week on the Nachum Siegel Network. Okay. Last week, President Trump recommended that the United States stop funding what's what we know as UNRWA, which really stands for the United Nations Relief and Works Agency. And we must say that... President Trump was saying that we should use that as leverage, that the United States should stop funding UNRWA until, in order for the Palestinian Arabs to come to the negotiating table. But the truth is, this agency should be shut down and should have been shut down long ago, and you will be shocked when you hear about what this whole United Nations Relief and Works Agency is about okay so let's let's share it with you this was started in the 1950s uh, not long after the state of Israel was uh, was established now remember there uh, with the establishment of the state of Israel all of these surrounding arab countries wanted to do but one thing and that is totally destroy the state and kill all the jews and it didn't work. At the, initially, they, they attempted via war, and that didn't work. They will continue to attempt via war several times. And with 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 God's grace and and with the in, amazing ingenuity and perseverance of the Jewish people in Israel, it, it didn't succeed in future times as well. However, there are other ways to try to destroy Israel. We know it. We see that the propaganda throughout the world, making Israel into a pariah, BDS, the uh, anti-Israel movement um, on campuses. All these things, when you put them together, all these things are ways, non-military ways, to destroy Israel. and, and, And in some places, they've been successful, I must say. And not only that, they've been successful through these means at handcuffing some of the israeli military meaning when israel goes to war now it can't really use its full might that it would like to because it's afraid of what the world would say and the media will say and how what light it'll put israel into and will it create more um, lawsuits against generals in international court and so much is going on non-military but then it affects the military anyway back to our subject in the 1950s, the uh, Arab states realized that there are other ways to fight Israel. And uh, the UN established this agency. It, the idea, if you will, if you, if, you're, if you ask someone in a general way, what's the agency, what's UNRWA do? Well, it helps the Palestinian Arab refugees. It gives them aid. And, and it it provides them with uh, medical assistance and other things. That's what they'll tell you. And and why would anybody want to hurt that? I mean, it's 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 a, it's a human, humanitarian work that they're doing. Well, in fact, UNRWA has perpetuated the plight of the Palestinian refugees. And and just from one generation to the next, through the help of UNRWA, the Palestinian Arab refugee issue continues to remain. So for example, the mandate that that this agency is given from the UN, listen to this, just just sit down. It prohibits the UN agency from resettling the refugees and finding them a permanent home. Do you understand that? Here's an agency whose job is to help refugees, and one of the the most basic ways to help a refugee, ways that other refugees have been helped by the UN, we'll get to that in a second, is to find them a permanent home and not leave them as refugees in refugee camps. The United Nations... Relief and Works agencies is not allowed to resettle it's not allowed to help them find a permanent home it gets worse so what so now what happens if if they if the UN continues to support the fact that they have no permanent home it's basically giving these people these and i say poor Arab, Palestinian arabs they're, they're being used as this political football. It gives them the idea in their head that one day, they will be able to return to, quote-unquote, their home, which is what we call the right of return, which is basically the destruction of Israel. Now, just to give you an idea for balance, what happens in other refugee situations, and there have been over history, and even over the his time of the UN which only exists for, you know, several decades, maybe 70 or so, a little less. There are other cases, other situations where there are massive refugee situations. For example, Pakistan was partitioned and many Hindus want to return to Pakistan. Greek Cypriots want to be able to return to the Turkish part, the Turkish controlled part of Cyprus. Muslims who lived in Bulgaria and were expelled would like to return there. Over the years, tens of millions of refugees from a whole host of ethnicities have been resettled in new countries and have had an opportunity and have in fact rebuilt their lives there is in fact a UN agency that does this it's called the United Nations High Commission for Refugees and their job is to end the plight of refugees so if there is an agency to help the plight of refugees, why do we need a specific one called UNRWA? The answer is because the Palestinian Arabs are not refugees like everybody else. They have their own special status. They're anti, the anti-Jewish pill, the anti-Israel medication that the world wants to use to get rid of Israel, to get rid of what they believe is, is, is the disease of Israel. So the only group of refugees in the entire world that has their own agency are the Palestinian Arabs. The only group of refugees in the world, in the history of the UN, who are encouraged to stay put where they are as refugees, and in fact are not allowed to be helped by the UN to find permanent residence somewhere else are the Palestinian Arabs so that they can be used as a bulwark as a political football against Israel look at what Israel has done it's amazing now it, it goes even further. UNRWA really has created, let's call it a refugee industry. When Israel was established in 1948, the Arabs attacked it from all sides. We know this. From every side, surrounded, Arab armies attacked Israel. They were far outnumbered and outweaponed and yet with the grace of God as I say and the perseverance of the Jewish people in Israel we won Arabs who were living in the territory that ended up being Israel were encouraged to leave to run away by the Arab governments by their leaders saying get out of the way so that you don't get hurt by the war and we'll win, of course, we'll drive the Jews out and then you'll come back to your home. Little did they know that they won't. So an uh, uh, overwhelming majority left either because they were encouraged to leave by their leaders or because who wants to be in a war zone? If you know there's a war coming, you run away. You, you don't stick around. And many ran away and the war ended And they could not go back to their homes. And as we said, in the history of humankind, when that happens, these refugees resettle. Either in other Arab Muslim countries, where they would feel very comfortable, or in in, in other countries. Jews have been doing this for for millennia, literally. Not that you like it, but you pick up and you reestablish yourself and you succeed in... Starting up a new life. So the, the original number of refugees, of Palestinian Arab refugees in 1948, was somewhere between five and 800,000. And they're obviously dying off. But the UN has now done something unheard of. There's no precedent for this in the world. They've decided and designated that the children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren of anybody who was tagged as a refugee, their descendants will continue to carry the refugee status. And so now they say there's 5.5 million people who are refugees. Palestinian, they need a state, they need a place, look how many, there are millions. They're not millions of them. There are only millions of them when you accept the work of the refugee industry that's what it is it's a refugee it's a, it's a victim industry which unfortunately we know too well about in the united states people that thrive on victimhood and that's and that's what happens now it's it's even crazier let's say Let's say that a Palestinian Arab resettled in Chile and was helped by the High Commission for Refugees, the the UN organization that takes care of refugees. The, The UN, even though they are now citizens of another country and might be leading successful and happy lives in that country, UNRWA continues to, and the UN, continues to consider them Palestinian refugees. How insane is this? And this goes on now for decades. And money, millions and millions and tens of millions of do- if not hundreds of millions by now, of dollars are pumped into this by the United States and mainly by the United States. If, if I think if people would know about this they would really be up in arms and and the fact that president trump is bringing this up is is fantastic we'll break for some music and uh, and then we'll continue with our um, with our conversation about unra it's it's it i don't know if you're not flabbergasted by this i, I don't know what would flabbergast you tamide <sighs> lecha Yonatan Razel joins Rami Kleinstein in his recently released um, album, and um, this is great. Tamide Lecha, always for you, to you, and the meaning there is God. Thank you so much for joining us and listening to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm.
3: Elo kai Torah u mitzvot natata. tata Sin lo yitkhaber elekha Elo kai Torah u mitzvot lanuna <laughs> tata Ohot el lanu Elo kai zakenina, de torat gau mit voor decha, lecha bednishmatitamidelecha, <laughs> lecha <laughs> bel, licha wer, kamidelecha. Elo kai, zakenina, bet torat gaan we ver. The air, the air, the air,
2: the
3: Zakenina metorat ga uve nishmati voor decha. Lekaber et nichmati tam idelecha. Lekab,
2: lekabertamidelecha. zakenina, betorat that
0: is just amazing Rami Kleinstein wrote the melody the words are by Yaakov Adas uh, Rami Kleinstein is joined in that uh, rendition by uh, Yonatan Razel you know, they uh, in Israel, when uh, somebody gets closer to God, more spiritual, maybe a little more observant, they say, chazek, he's getting stronger, which is uh, which is a, a really nice term. And they've been saying this about Rami Kleinstein. He says, I'm not religious, but uh, I've become closer to religion. I've become closer to God. And uh, this uh, song surely shows that. Others do as well, and it's a beautiful thing to see so many in Israel's uh, music industry, either um, returning to observance, full observance, or, or coming closer to God. This song is just a beautiful tefillah, and uh, to think that Rami Kleinstein is singing it as, as one of his songs give me the uh, the of your Torah and mitzvot to join my soul with you always gorgeous That one is called Tamid Eilecha. We will post a link to the Facebook, I'm sorry, we'll post a link to the YouTube video of this song and to all the other songs that we play during the show on our Facebook page. So you can listen to this over and over again. I believe the words are there as well. It is just gorgeous. Uh, Facebook.com slash The Israel Show at some point later today. Facebook.com slash The Israel Show. will also post uh, links to any particular stories that we might mention, etc. We're uh, in the middle of this discussion about um, UNRWA, the United Nations Agency, and and it's just astounding. I mean, really, it, it, it's bizarre. It's um, If somebody would make this up, you would find it hard to believe. You would think it's a work of fiction, but it really exists. This is uh, an agency that's dedicated to perpetuating the refugee status of the Palestinian Arabs. I mean, that's the bottom line. That That is really the bottom line. Let us do everything possible so that these Palestinian Arabs do not resettle and we use them as a weapon against the Jewish state. I said before, tens of millions, billions of dollars. I, I correct myself. Billions of dollars of UN funds have been used over the years to ensure that the lives in the refugee camps stay as they are rather than to resettle or shut down the camps. And by the way, after 1967, Israel offered to pay to, re- to shut down all the refugee camps in Yudan Shamron and to resettle the Arabs in proper housing, and the Arabs refused. No. Of course we refuse because that's how we stay refugees and that's how we can continue to bring our plight to the world, so to speak, public opinion, and make you Jews look horrific. And um, the article that I'm reading from, I believe it's written by Nadav Shorgayi, for some reason it doesn't say here, but I'm pretty sure it is. is he's an amazing, amazing writer and very, very smart thinker. He ends the article, without the charade called UNRWA. the Palestinian Arabs would find it extremely hard to define themselves as refugees. 70 years later, I add. Without being refugees, their leaders would be unable to demand, to demand their return, quote-unquote, to, Israel, to Israeli cities and to, and to Israel itself. And so these human beings, over 5 million, are being cynically used by their brethren as nothing more than a tool, a cynical tool. Does the world care? No. The world is one big hypocrite. Unbelievable. Okay. Hanan Ben-Ari, one of the great new powers, if you will. Forces is the word I was looking for, not powers. Forces, one of the great new forces in Israeli music of the Kippah uh, demographic he um, belongs to. This one is called Mimcha Ad Elai, one of his hits from uh, 2014. Still stands up. Mimcha Ad Hanan Ben my name is Mea Weingart, and you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nahum Segal Network. <laughs>
4: Lachod kaari besorak, av mezil ma'im. Ani yafilu lo nirot. Barachti mimchad elai velnu matzadiklu. Barachti mimchad elai velnu matzadiklu. O medevet achadale, od lo meslit fog. Stars ba'el. I am a man whos <laughs> este panha mimeni
0: Benary. <laughs> I always have to remember that that song ends rather abruptly. <sighs> My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to this show on the Nachum Siegel Network. So we're just going to wrap up the uh, UNRWA discussion. These are the points that we made, and uh, just give them to you as a, as a summary. This agency, the U.N. Relief and Works Agency, is the only U.N. agency set up for a specific group of refugees. All all other tens of millions of refugees over the past uh, years are under the purview of the UN High Commissioner for Refugees. Number two, UNRWA is not allowed, not allowed to solve the refugee problem by finding places for the Arab refugees to resettle. Three, Palestinian Arabs that do resettle on their own and get citizenship elsewhere no matter how successful they are in their new country, are still classified by UNRWA as refugees. So when you hear about the cries of the refugees, know that those who are pleading their case in many, many situations, they themselves are cynical and are contributing to the problem. We've spoken over the past few weeks about the rain situation in Israel. About three weeks ago we said that it's a... um, a very dry year in Israel, just a drought, there's not enough rain, the kinneret is receding, the crops aren't being watered. The week after that, we said, we told you about a uh, prayer vigil, if you will, or campaign, or whatever, uh, that will will take place on a Sarab tevet, a fast day, at the Kotel where the minister of agriculture, who happens to be a, uh, a representative of the Bayt HaYehudi, the Religious National Zionist Party, he has called upon everybody who cares to come and pray for rain. I think we also mentioned that even non-observant, whatever that means, that those people who are not observant, on a regular basis, um, would were going to come and join out of respect and out of creating a united front, so to speak, a unity, showing that when when one prays, even if the other doesn't believe in prayer, they join forces and uh, and come together. And there were supposedly not not a huge crowd. Unfortunately, I don't know why. For example, the Haredi. Um, community didn't come out in 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 mass numbers to uh i mean this is their problem as much as anybody else's problem to pray for rain anyway whatever neither here nor there a few thousand came small showing but there was there was this demonstration if you will at the hotel pleading for rain and within the next day or two there were rain there was rain boy there was a lot of rain And we mentioned that as well. And I also mentioned that I don't understand how this works. And that's not my job in this world to understand how this works. We just know that in Kriyat Shema, as we mentioned, we talk about if we are good and we keep the mitzvot, God will bring rain to the land of Israel. Well, leave it to Haaretz. The uh, I, I, I hesitate to call it an anti-Semitic newspaper, but it's as close as one, one could get. Leave it to Haaretz to publish a ridiculous column by Rogel Alford. This will not be his most ridiculous and most um, anti-religious article. He's He's done this many times before. And he writes about this Gathering at the hotel, praying for rain. And he writes, Kashela hafriz, you can't overstate, Baharachat me dat ha evilutani dreshet kedela ha aminsha kadoshbar humam tig shamimal aretz be maanelit filot ve otzerotamisibotashmurot imo. You can't overstate how inane it is. How insane it is. To believe that God brings rain in response to prayers. Kede le ha amin she y kol ye hola, sholetet bageshem, umanika o tola yehudim, rak la a harshe hem michalimet paneha, tarik liyot lo pachot mi idiot gamur. I I, I shut up to even say it. To believe that a supreme being controls the rain and showers it on Israel. Only as a result of prayer, you need to be a total idiot. This is in a Jewish quote-unquote newspaper in the land of Israel. Don't know why people still buy this. Well, I don't know why people would keep would still buy it. Anyway, Minister Gilad Erdan, who is the Minister of Internal Security, he's in charge of police and so forth. Um, he... Uh, it happens to be that he grew up uh, in a religious home he he's a uh, graduate of the very famous um um yeshiva high school in Yerushalayim, nativ meir so he so he responded to Roger Alfred. i'm not sure if it's better to respond or not to respond i i got to got to tell you so he writes as if the thousands of years that Jews pray for rain, and not just Jews, he's right, other religions also. And then he writes, they should have sent the shaliach with an addition, addition of this newspaper to Choni Hamagel, who, according to the Talmud, we know in that famous story, drew a circle. Around himself and, and and prayed for rain and it rained, and then he continues and this is a clear sign of somebody who learned in yeshiva. I'm not even going to mention which he obviously does. Not even going to mention the beautiful explanation of the Rambam that the 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 need for Tfilah is not that we're going to. This is a famous Rambam that. Says that it's not that we're going to change God's mind, so to speak, but the the, the reason for tefillah is to open our hearts. But and by davening to God, we become better people. We realize that we don't control the world, and uh, and uh, therefore um, we be- we become a better person, and we affect things in a different way and then Erdan says as a, as a believing Jew who has always been uh, um, moved by uh, the, the prayers for rain I'm going to continue to pray together with all the other Jews for rain <laughs> then he writes, Rogel Alfer v'Chaverav, the the writer and his friends, Kol <laughs> If they go outside of Israel and they're going to go to some country, and they'll see some kind of weird custom, they'll have respect for that. Any kind of crazy custom that they'll find in in outside of Israel, is <laughs> Sport They'll go to watch soccer matches in. Uh, in Spain, and they'll scream at the top of their lungs, you know, uh, um, cheering on the soccer player whose name is Messi. As if Messi can hear what they particularly are saying from their place in the stands. Obviously he can't. And yet they do it for whatever reason. And they don't think it's insane. I thought this was a cute Argument, but when Jews lift their eyes to the heavens, but when Jews lift their eyes to the heaven and ask for rain, that he then then they go crazy. These people. So um, good for Gilad Erdan, and it's good to know that we do have idiots. Not those who are praying for rain necessarily, but uh, many who write for certain newspapers in Israel. Here's a song that's very appropriate, Words by Yehud Menor, singing is Ofra Fuchs. My name is Mayor Weingarten, you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum (laughs) Segal Network.
5: (laughs) Hadeshke כי מחדש, בעולם יAPER אוחז. נסתכל, הינה של גשם, מישו Sheye <laughs> dashim Em shel Geshem
0: of a collection of ehud menor songs Oh my, oh my Adar Abramowitz is the son of Susan and Yosef Abramowitz who live in Israel Adar has a brother whose name is Zamir Adar and Zamir were adopted by Susan, Susan and Yosef Abramowitz and the Abramowitzes also have three biological daughters Adar Abramowitz is 19 years old and is now serving in the Israeli army. His aunt posted on her Instagram account a happy birthday wish. And uh, so there's a picture accompanying the happy birthday wish of Adar as a baby. And then a, a big Adar at 19 in Israeli an IDF uniform. And um, the, it, the, the post says, the baby is now a 19-year-old soldier. Oh happy birthday. I love you a zillion. Well, up until this point, this is like something that happens probably many times a day or a week. I, you know, so often... People show a picture of a little baby, then he grows up, and, and then the, the contrast is amazing, is shocking, you hear the clocks ticking, and then you say, oi, but happy birthday, and we love you, and all that. But the person posting this particular Instagram message is a very well-known American comedian. Her name is Sarah Silverman. And what's interesting is she herself is very much on the left. One would never imagine that she is pro-Israel. In fact, I think she, even when it comes to Israel, is extremely left. But it's very different when your sister lives in Israel, has kids, and these kids go up and go to the army. And you want to wish them a happy birthday and that everything should be well with them. Sarah Silverman's sister, Susan Silverman, is married to Yosef Abramowitz, who's the CEO of Energia Global Capital. And Sarah Silverman, of course, was lambasted on the Instagram via the comments of people who saw this, what should be a a relatively simple, nice post. But of course, you should be able to wish a happy birthday to someone in an IDF uniform. So one of the messages called a soldier an Israeli terrorist. Another one wrote uh, that he's a 19-year-old apartheid, apartheid colonial enforcement officer. You must be proud. Now, <laughs> I got to just interject because I haven't shown you the photo because I I can't. The child and the soldier that he later becomes is an Ethiopian kid. He's black. (laughs) So here is these, these idiots online yelling at Sarah Silverman for giving a happy birthday wish to her nephew and because he's wearing an IDF uniform, they're calling him an, uh, a 19 year old apartheid colonial enforcement officer when he's black and, and her sister adopted him. It's amazing. Another one writes I am Palestinian and it breaks my heart to see kids forced to serve. It adds to the oppression and subjugation. I hope this young man sees human beings all the same and chooses not to participate in the oppression. <laughs> now, does this Palestinian Arab when he writes that, does he realize how absolutely insane it sounds that someone who who is a part of a group that encourages kids to strap on a bomb and kill themselves with others? <laughs> would say that he's it breaks his heart to see the kid is being is serving in the army. Does it break your heart that your own kids of Palestinian Arab kids are being encouraged by your leadership to strap on bombs? Oh God So Sarah Silverman wrote in response to one person who said he would be unfollowing her. She writes, quote, go for it. But he can't help being Israeli and having to serve. He isn't the government. Let's hope he's part of the solution. And if you're wondering, the post received nearly 22,000 likes. I don't know how many followers she has, but that's a nice number. So, okay. Good for Sarah Silverman, at least in this particular case. Um, It's a good thing she has done. Although there are ways, by the way, for people not to serve. And the fact is he chose to serve. There, Just last week there was a whole brouhaha in Israel, yet again, it happens almost every year, where uh, a few dozen um, 18-year-olds who are about to be drafted write a letter to the prime minister. Yeah, I'm sure he's um, waiting for it right, right, right near the door as the mailman comes by. The Prime Minister's office. They wrote a letter to the Prime Minister saying how they're against occupation. They refuse to serve in Udan Shamron and they're ready to be put in prison for it and so forth and so on. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, good. If you, 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 you want to be a conscientious objector and you're ready to sit in prison for it, fine. Of course, the media gives tremendous hype to these dozens every year. Not taking into consideration or not caring about the fact that millions, well, probably hundreds of thousands, did not write such a letter and are now happily going to serve, meaning they feel proud of their service. But of course the media has to, has to do its job of trying its best to bring the downfall of the government and the quote-unquote occupation. Oh, gosh. What can we do? All right. We are going to end off with a song from Idan Amedi. We've played lots of his songs. He's, uh... We like him. Idan Amedi was a very proud soldier in the Israeli Defense Forces. Wrote a number of songs about his service there. He was in an elite fighting unit. He's very proud of it. And... um, he actually has his first acting gig in the season two opener of Fauda, which is an amazing Israeli series. Um, If you have Netflix, go watch season one. Fauda, I think it's F-A-U-D-A. Season two began, I think it was about 10 days ago, and the, um, the first episode of Season 2 is available for free on YouTube. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll put the link up there. The only problem is it does not have English subtitles, and so much of the dialogue is in Arabic with Hebrew subtitles that if you're not fluent enough in Hebrew, you won't enjoy it, so you'll wait till the Netflix. But those of you who are will be able to enjoy the, um, the Episode 1 of Season 2. Watch Season one first. Anyway, Idan Hamedi will close things out with Ayeka, Before we do that, we're going to say thank you. Thank you to all of you for listening. We greatly appreciate that. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, Yoni Pollack. Lots to talk about in the NFL, I believe. He will be uh, telling you all about it on his show after further review Which covers the latest in the world of sports and then the Great Monday music marathon will come until next Monday immediately following JM and This is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last, they're just running in a different race.
6: Be olam khaliyot anami pane haestate mait an mait stadak madabe kolot me aval ochashim li lazo aval animosif bachoshe lachto um vai I can't see. I